You're listening to MeSearch. I'm Crystal. And my name is Dustin. We're two friends taking space and making space for other Filipinos to share their stories and insights. Join us as we talk to folks in the community to discover how they became trailblazers, business leaders, and bosses. Hey, Crystal. Hey, Dustin. Hey, everybody. (laughs) 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 You know, I think eventually... Go ahead. No, you go. (laughs) I was going to say, that was a very vulnerable approach. Oh, my gosh. A vulnerable moment. (laughs) That was a vulnerable moment, yeah. Um, You know why? Because I'm running out of ways to say this. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe we'll switch it up, and maybe you can you can you can start. Well, we only have a few episodes left in the season, oh so maybe we'll start God. something new in season two. Yo, isn't that crazy? It is wild, and let me tell you, we have some really cool people coming up. We sure do. Not that the other folks that we interviewed are not cool, but like we've got some cool people coming up. <laughs> we've just been surrounded by superstars. Let me tell you. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I'm, I'm so impressed with what our guests have been able to accomplish mm-hmm. and also impressed with us in that we know them <laughs> <laughs> i'm like hey we're friends with cool people we sure are it's pretty darn cool and um yeah. shout out to all our guests who have been on the show because you know people have been been chatting with us about the pod and you know all of you and we've gotten some really great feedback and we've gotten some we've gotten into some really great conversations because of you all. And so um, y'all are really starting really wonderful um, conversations and, and ideas and thoughts throughout the community and beyond. So thank you all for coming on the show and sharing your experiences and, and all the things that you shared with us in previous episodes. Yes. And thanks for everyone who like sends us questions. Because it gives us something to uh, banter about at the beginning of each episode. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, we have a question from a friend of the pod. Oh. So, Dustin, who who is it from and what is the question? So the question comes to us from the Philippines from a friend of the pod uh, that goes by City Boy. City Boy has his own podcast called The Stories I Wish You Heard. Mm. Uh, City Boy sent us this uh, this audio message. I really want to hear your take on something. So we've been hearing a lot about the use of the term Filipinex instead of Filipino. And I'm wondering what you both thought about that. Well, 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 well. We've come to this question, haven't we? <laughs> we have. <laughs> Well, you know, this is definitely a widely debated subject and just heated debates over this term, Filipinics. And when this debate erupted, I didn't quite understand what the whole hubbub was about. Because for me, just initially, I went straight to, you know, how the Latinx community identifies with the X, you know, the X at the end. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, we're well, we're just kind of taking on that kind of inclusive 
semantics of like how we identify, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how much it would get people heated, especially specifically in the Philippines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, well, what again? What is this, what is the hubbub about about all this? Because I I don't know what the big deal is. And so I looked to Kevin Nadal, our dear mm. uh, psychologist within the Philam community, and Doctor Nadal. Doctor Nadal. If you don't know who he is, please check him out. He wrote this wonderful book called The Filipino American Psychology. Um, I was able to sing out his book signing for that book, and it was really cool. <laughs> Shout outs. Many moons ago. <laughs> um, but, you know, like he talked about how, you know, a lot of people say like, well, Filipino is already gender inclusive because we don't really have pronouns like when we say sha it's either he or she so like when we hear Mm -hmm. the older generation or like um you know folks who speak tagalog um -hmm. he and she can get mixed up right because sha is just it's gender neutral it's gender neutral so um the debate is like oh well filipino is already gender neutral why are you trying to change this especially in the diaspora, you're not um, giving, you know, the term Filipino enough credit, you know, like people have died and bled for the term Filipino. And then there's also this debate about like, well, you know, Filipino is already a very colonized word in itself because the F. Yeah, the F yeah. and also just the fact that it stems from King Philip. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, like, yeah. Fuck King Philip. Uh, <laughs> you know, and all our colonizers. Fuck y'all. But, um, yeah, so, like, there's also that debate about, like, how it stems from, like, Filipino just in general. The term Filipino comes from our colonizers. So it's just, like, a, there's so many arguments about why or why this shouldn't be a term. Filipino mm-hmm. and Filipinex, and then like there's like the whole Pinay and Pinoy thing, and I think when it comes down to it, and and I'm not going to get into all of the different arguments that <laughs> that people are saying because you can definitely find that on Twitter, mm-hmm. but I think that at the end of the day, like we're all just trying to figure out what our identity is. Mm-hmm. If you identify with the term Filipinx because you feel like that speaks to you wherever you are, whether it's in the Philippines, because people in the Philippines do use Filipinx. Not a lot of folks do, apparently, but of course in the diaspora, it's more widely used. But if if that speaks to you and if you feel like you're if you feel like that's a more inclusive term, then I think by all means, like, go ahead and use it. Yeah. I I was confused. I started using Filipinx and I couldn't really, I didn't really grasp the gravity of the word when it came out, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, yeah. as as someone who is, I, I ah, yeah, no, you go, you go. I agree you with go. you. <laughs> I, I, um, yeah, the, I have seen that it is is hotly debated. Mm-hmm. I personally, for myself, just use Filipino. Yeah. But I do understand that there is value in having the word because in America we do have pronouns. And I think also part of it is like uh, there's a cultural thing 
here mm-hmm. in America that could possibly be different in the Philippines. Right. And maybe it is a very like American westernized privileged thing. But I think the goal of the word Filipinex is to promote inclusivity here. Again, right. it probably is a Western thing to to use, but I, I do see the value. And if you want to use that for yourself, I think that's totally okay because you are you and you can do whatever the heck you want to do. Yeah. And it's not I don't think it's really hurting anybody, but also maybe I'm maybe I'm ignorant in that way in that it's not hurting anybody. Yeah. You all can chime in. F- folks, I think if you're listening to this like chime in, send us a DM, let us know what you think. I would love to continue talking about this topic because honestly, I want to look more into this and I also want to hear from folks in the Philippines and you know folks within the diaspora and and what their thoughts are and i i i want to dive deeper into this because i feel like i'm still a little bit shaky on this subject um mm-hmm. but yeah like let's 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 hear from y'all i saw a video on um tiktok of this i i want to say he's an educator of like philippine culture and i think his his perspective on this which i have been thinking about a lot is that we already have a gender-neutral word that is not Filipino or Filipinex. Mm. Um, and he said, Philippine. The Philippine people. The Philippine culture. Interesting. Um, so the word Philippine is what he had um, proposed that folks begin to use. So I think that might be something to consider if either Filipino or Filipinex is not um, something that you vibe with. Yeah. Because Philippine is definitely a word. We say Philippine Islands. Yeah, that's true. That's so, so interesting. Please send me that link. I'll find the, the TikTok and I'll uh, send it to you all and maybe post it on our socials and get the conversation continuing on this. Yeah, would love that. I don't know if we, either of us have the the right I don't know if there is a right answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I think there are valid points on, on both sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another term that was really interesting in Kevin Nadal's thread, and please check it out, y'all, talking about decolonizing even the word Filipino, right? Mm-hmm. He talked about, and also, I don't have all the knowledge on this term, okay? So don't come at me right now, <laughs> okay? <laughs> he said we can, like, if, if you want to go that deep, like, you can call ourselves Maharlika American or Maharlika. What is, uh, what does that mean? I don't know. So, um. Okay. I've heard, I know that, I know the term Maharlika, but I don't know that, let's just look it up. <laughs> oh, we are learning something today. Uh, Maharlika, uh, were the feudal warrior class in ancient Tagalog society in Luzon. Okay. So. Mm. Yeah, I I kind of mm. like that. <laughs> Got it. But yeah, Ma- he brought that up in his his thread. So I also thought that was a very interesting term to um, look into. Oh, that's interesting. But I I've never heard of I've never heard folks uh, refer to ourselves as Maharlika. I have not either. But maybe maybe that's a thing. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. Let's chat more about this because I definitely um, want to come back with a deeper understanding of this uh, issue and debate. So 
y'all forgive me for not having um, solid answers here, but... It's fine. This is an intellectual yeah. conversation. Yeah, this is where yeah. I'm at right now. Cool. Thanks for sharing. We're me-searching. Yes, we are me-searching, and we will continue to me-search. Yeah. And thank you, City Boy, for that really thought-provoking question. Um, there's definitely a lot more to be said, but for everyone else, if you want to chime in, send us a DM, leave us comments, and then we'll, uh, we'll continue to me-search and ruminate on that. So if you all have questions or a message that you want to share with us on the show, definitely contact us on our social media at Mesearch Podcast. You can email us at contactmesearch at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voice recording at anchor.fm slash mesearchpodcast. Yeah. Dustin, who is on the show today? <laughs> we have somebody super fly, super dope, yep. who you all may or may not know, but you should probably know who she is. Her name is Christine Gambito, aka Happy Slip, who started her career in 2006 via YouTube as a one of the trailblazers of the YouTube platform, mm. um, doing comedic sketches and whatnot. So we're excited to have her here. Crystal, any thoughts? I'm excited. I remember meeting her quickly at FPAC 2008. And I was like, oh my god! I'm meeting Happy Philippine Festival. What does that stand for? Uh, Festival of Filipino Arts and Culture. Mm, I perform there. Stage B. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, let's get into this episode. Let's get into it. Woo! Welcome, Christine Gambito. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. You know, we are happy (laughs) to have you here at Mesearch. Thank you so much, Dustin and Crystal. Really. It's a pleasure to be with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are... We're, we're so happy you're here to talk about your journey. But before we begin, can you please paint us a picture of where you are in this moment? Um, maybe physically or mentally, maybe a little bit of both. Uh, for our listeners, um, give us a sense of what's going on in your space. What's going on in my space is called homeschooling four kids running mm. around trying to trying to uh, get the pandemic pounds off by trying to exercise and kind of failing at that a little bit. But um, and just managing a little bit of a chaotic life in but fun, fun chaos. OK, we're talking about fun chaos. So managing the family, the home and trying to, hey, do some comedic videos here and there. When the time is right, though, when you're talking about like mentally, emotionally, physically, I do have to say comedy is a strange thing, especially with events that are happening in our world these days. I know there's always going to be hard things that happen, but when like tragic things happen in our in our Asian community or just in general with um just victims of injustice. It it affects me and I can't really do comedy <laughs> during those times. So but I also I also realize that some people need comedy to deal with. I mean, just to have an escape right. uh, sometimes because things get so heavy and it's in. And, and so I understand that comedy can be useful. But when you ask me, you ask me how I'm doing, like, 
emotionally about that kind of stuff, I'm like, oh, let me hold off on the on the uh, comedy. And I've just posted something that's a little more sentimental and reflective and how I'm dealing with kind of the the um, or processing the injustice that's been happening. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 where I am. I feel like it's probably one of the most important videos I've ever posted. It's not comedy. And sometimes I'll do that on the Happy Slip channel. It'll I either want to make you laugh or I want to make you cry. And so um, <laughs> uh, but I, I, like these interviews like this, I can talk, I can I can do all that and feel just at just at home because I just love connecting with people. But as far as like creating comedy, I feel like I have to be in the frame of mind to do it. I, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. and so I, I have to wait for some, some, I just have to process. I have to wait and just feel like until it's the right time. So then 2020, man, there were many months I didn't do anything. Cause I was like, I just don't feel comedic right now. But, uh, so sometimes you'll see different types of contents of videos, depending on my, uh, where I am, um, emotionally. You know, that's interesting because I feel like a lot of folks know you for your comedy and to mm -hmm. hear <laughs> this human perspective that, you know, things are not always yeah. great and right. I'm not always going to be happy and mm. I'm going to need time to process all of this stuff that's happening in 2020. I think it's yes. um, it's very eye opening because a lot of folks who see you on social media, they don't understand that there's a human on the other side. <laughs> so it's so it's right. it's great to hear what is going on in your space. Um, and Christine, we did get to know you first in the early days of YouTube as an early adopter of that platform back in 2006. And that became such a huge platform for you. And the work that you produced under the Happy Slip channel was so good. Thank um, you. And that launched so many opportunities for you since then. And we'll get to some of that um, later on in this uh, in this interview. But for folks who might not have been there or for folks who might not have been active on the Internet in the last 15 years, can you uh, <laughs> give us a brief history lesson of what is Happy Slip and how would you describe to a layperson what you do? Very good question. Um, when people are like, oh, so what is it that you do? If like if I have to say, oh, you know, sometimes I upload videos or uh, um, I started YouTube, you know, it is going on. Is it going on 15 or 16 years? I can't I can't keep it's like track. 16 years. Oh, my goodness. OK, <laughs> so then uh, to, to explain it to people, it sounds weird if I'm like, I'll make videos on the Internet. You know, it's uh, I have to say, well, you know how Eddie Murphy will act like different members of his family. And usually people have seen those movies where he'll act all these different parts of a, a you know, African-American family or things like that. And so they understand that concept. I'll be like, yeah, I do that, but for a Filipino family. And so that's how I can explain that. Now, the name Happy Slip came back in 2006 when I first was, you know, um, signing up for a YouTube account. And I was like, what's going to be my screen name? I, I didn't want to just put Christine Gambito. I thought, well, you know, I don't know. It has to be something that will be memorable, catchy, kind of um, reflective of what, what it is that I do. So I was trying to be clever and think of something that would reflect like a funny memory. And so I had to, something that popped up in my mind because it, 
it's something we would kind of regularly laugh about in the family is my mom would constantly tell us while growing up, me and my sister, to wear a half slip. Girls don't really wear these anymore, but um, you either have a full slip or a half slip underneath dresses or skirts. So that, you know, if the light is shining through, you don't see anything underneath. My mom's very modest, don't want to see, let people see through. So be sure to wear, and the way she <laughs> pronounced half slip came out happy slip, happy slip. Oh, be sure to wear your happy slip was always a very regular saying in the household growing up, you know. So I grew up thinking in my mind that it was spelled happy slip, happy. That's what it was, you know. So I go to school and I it wasn't until then that I realized, let's see, how old was I? I want to say I was probably nine or 10. I don't know, between eight and 10 years old. And I'm like, oh, I forgot to wear my happy slip. You know, and friends are like, <laughs> what? I mean, do you have a sad slip too? And I'm thinking, what? Like panicking. What do you mean? It's not, it's, it's not called a happy slip. You know, and then I had to figure out that it's a half slip. And all this time I'm, I'm just shocked because I thought what I thought it was, it wasn't, you see. And so I was like, that's a funny memory. And it shows kind of a culture clash because I grew up, you know, hearing it happy slip and there's a miss misunderstanding there in the cultures right and then mm -hmm. being corrected <laughs> in school and I go okay that's a funny memory but also it has a dual purpose and a meaning because I want people to slip into happiness when they watch the videos so I was gonna name my channel happy slip productions but then it was too long and I thought let's just cut it to happy slip but I had no idea people would correlate that as if that's my actual name so I, if I sometimes walking around in a mall or something like that happy slip you know and it's like oh <laughs> like that's my name now like, like literally people do not really know christine gambito they want who's that but happy slip oh yeah happy slip you know so that has become the brand uh more than my own more than my own name what i realized i went on a comedy tour and they were putting christine gambito up on the marquee and i said i realized after a while uh i don't people actually know that name you probably should put happy slip on the marquees and it made a difference in <laughs> ticket sales it's <laughs> so funny um so your career as we know it started flexing your character skills and i remember watching those first videos and I was on my old PC, you know, a shared computer next to the kitchen table and just loving and admiring your work as an actor and finding myself slipping into happy. And you were <laughs> one of the first on any social media platform to do that well. Um, fast forward to today, social media and social norms have changed a lot since you started producing content on YouTube. And so we want to know how your relationship to your film identity or community has changed or evolved over time. That's what's funny, because when Dustin's saying it's going on 16 years, I have to shake my head and go, OK, time flies. that's a little strange. But, um, yeah, all I have to do is look over at my son and say, oh, well, that makes sense. Like as as, as old as he is, you know, he was one <laughs> when I started my channel. So I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, I have been on there for a while as far as when I started the channel but um as far as my relationship to my Filipino identity it's really it's it's stayed the same 
and the relationship to the community and like my content, I feel is like evergreen content because mm. a lot of the videos are straight out moments from my life that turns out people say, hey, I went through that too. Or, hey, that's my auntie too, or my Lola, or my mom. or my <laughs> and, and, and so what, it, what I feel the connection was for people is that they saw their own family being represented where they didn't really see that anywhere else. So it became very niche, you know, very like, oh, wow, this is, I don't see my family represented on TV or this and that. So it became very niche on YouTube to find that custom made for the Filipino community. So my relationship to the community, I feel, I thought YouTube with, with, you know, over the years, I thought, okay, maybe they just don't know who Happy Slip is anymore. You know, I mean, there was an intentional choice to grow the family, have more kids. And I realized that was going to result in me making less videos. And so I thought, oh, you know, that's going to, I'm not going to be able to upload consistently or do weekly videos. And I'm sure that's going to impact the audience. They're going to forget about me. That's what I thought, you know, but it was an intentional choice. I was shocked in, was it 2018 when I had to go uh, do a TFCU talks, kind of like a TED talk, mm-hmm. uh, but for the Filipino channel. And, you know, here I am, I'm, I'm thinking I've always wanted to do a comedy tour, but I didn't have the confidence to go on one anymore because so many years had passed by since I was really active on YouTube. So I thought, you know, even if I try to have a a comedy tour now or try to do shows who's going to come out like nobody nobody's going to remember happy slip I, I haven't been consistent you know and so when I had to do the TFCU talks you know I hadn't been I had not had a public appearance for many years so I thought well I'll put it out there on the social media I bet nobody's really going to come and do you know that the line was all the way out the building like down the street and into the parking lot and I was just shocked like how how do they still remember me? I'm t- not, I, I am not trying to brag about the, the number of people. It was, it was, it was a small venue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so no, humble. But that, so, no, it, it definitely was not like, I, I'm not trying to say what shocked me is the quality of the interaction with the, with the line of people. Cause you know, at the end, after I gave my talk and, and all this, um, they came to talk and take pictures but people wanted to chat, not just like, oh, he, he, click, and then leave. They were like <laughs> tears in their eyes, wanting to talk for like five to 10 minutes each. And I didn't want to be like, hey, click, and then next. Like, I want to connect with people. So we're having like full on conversation where people are like, you think that we forgot about you? Because that's what I kind of, the talk was about. You, you know, feeling, mm-hmm. feeling like a, 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 people could say, oh, you're a failure in the social media space because you didn't hit a million followers. You didn't, you know, you don't keep up with the race on social media, things like that. But I was trying to show them where I was investing and where I saw the value in sowing into eternity and eternal things. So that was what the mm-hmm. talk was about. But they were coming up there telling, telling me, you think that we forgot, you think, but we are still so connected to you. And, and that's what made me have the confidence to go on the tour. I was like, oh, wow, they're still connected. So uh, that's my long answer to you saying, how's the relationship evolved over time? I thought this is why 
anyone that's listening to this should never pay attention to numbers like views and subs- mm. necessarily subscriber views or follower views or you think, oh, you know, people don't really care or, you know, how can you put a value on a number when you see these people face to face and you connect with them like heart to heart and you're like, okay, the numbers don't speak of the quality of interaction I'm having here. I don't care if I'm only going to have 5,000 views or 10,000 views on a video. If I can have five people that are really connected talking to me or 10 people talking to me or, you know, so I think the relationship I feel if people really know my content and they followed me through the years, it's like I'm a cousin or something to to the community and they feel like when I'm on stage it's like oh our cousins on the stage telling our family stories as um what could you call it? Cha- chaotic as my schedule is when I do have time to do videos that's your long lost cousin <laughs> just checking in and putting up a uh, a fun uh-huh. or sentimental or some kind of connection and so it's it's stayed the same I guess you could say I thought it waned but it is still there. (laughs) And so I will still continue to try to um, connect as often as I can. I think that also speaks to how much the Filipino audience across the globe is like really craving for that content. So right. Yes. Good, good job on doing all that you've been doing. Good job on on staying relevant, even though you had a point where you felt like, okay, people don't remember me. Thank you. I like what you said. Your your stuff is evergreen. It really is. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that's like the perfect word for it. Evergreen. You really sowed those seeds. And, you know, if you ever take a break or no matter how much time has passed, you've really made folks in the Filipino and Filipino-American community feel seen. You know, you can't ask for anything more. We feel seen because of you and it's timeless and it's amazing what you've done and created. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Crystal. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. And can you tell me why why you're so fantastic right now? Well, it's because I've been listening to this really cool podcast. It's called Me Search. Uh, me Search? Mmm, tell me more. Um, you know, we've, well, <laughs> not, not much to tell you since you've been there, but. <laughs> You're listening to Me Search, a podcast featuring Phil and Perspectives. Let us know what you think. Rate us and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Catch new episodes on the first and third Wednesday each month. (laughs) Well, I'll have to catch it, meaning I'll listen to our own episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're back. A woo woo. All right. So we want to talk about some highlights in your career. Um, In 2008, you were appointed as an ambassador for Philippine tourism. You recently did a stand-up comedy tour. And also, a whole chapter was dedicated to you in a book called, hmm, sounds familiar, In Her Purpose by Jennifer Redondo Marquez and Rose Buado. Shout out. 
Uh, shout out. Shout <laughs> considering out. <laughs> considering all you've done, is there a memory you hold particularly close to your heart? Well, of course, on a um, performance standpoint, the live shows, the, that stand-up comedy tour is kind of like the culmination of everything. It actually was a full circle moment to do that tour because unbeknownst to me, I was doing stand-up comedy for the family before I started doing videos for them because it was very, very much a tradition on, you know, holiday. It didn't even have to be a holiday, whether it's Christmas or Thanksgiving, of course you have to perform, you know, perform. So it's going to be <laughs> the cousins, you know, when all the, everybody eats, after they eat, they become bored, they sit around, they say, okay, entertainment, what's the entertainment? Come on, call the kids, call the kids. Okay, you play piano, you, come on, you sing karaoke, you recite your poem, you know, and they're pointing to the different people than me. <laughs> they're like, you, you imitate your auntie, your, your mom, you imitate your, and, and uh, my mom would literally come to me sometimes in parties. So even if it wasn't a holiday, she'd come up, can you imitate me? Come on, can, can you mimic me? So I'm like, okay. So I didn't realize that I was do, like doing this imitation on demand for the family, extended family, friends, parties, whatever have you. And then, um, <laughs> then I started moving into editing videos and I would make them just watch that for like family reunions. Where's the entertainment? Christine, you're in charge of the entertainment. I said, just watch the video. <laughs> and then I don't have, I like to me, I felt so high tech to be like, just watch the, come on, let me put in my mini DV, my mini DV camera and just play you it. Okay. <laughs> And then, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, wait a minute, I'm going off on another story, but, but, um, <laughs> what am I, oh, what, what did you ask me to do? Okay. Yes. Okay. The, the, the specific memory. So anyway, what I'm trying to say from a performance standpoint, I came full circle back to that live performance. And I realized my heart loves that the most. Why? Because I'm connecting mm. face to face with people, the mm. energy of a live performance live room like mm. people like getting that um just just you cannot replicate that from just looking at comments even if you're in a live video right yes that's exciting I'm not trying to say that I don't enjoy the video making process but all I've been spoiled by the live performing you know the live shows and so that in a performance standpoint is um what I love the most, but as far as, and my last show was June, 2019 in New York city. So I really came full circle cause I was trying Aww. to be that New York city actress, you know, what? and never did I would ever think that I would be performing at Gotham comedy club in New York city in Manhattan, right there. I'm like, Hot. that is full circle. Good for wow. you. Jeez. That's amazing. Yeah, I was like, how did I get here? I'm on that stage. It was sold out crowd. Yes. And I'm like, how in the world did I get here? Um, but so that, so that is the performance highlight there. As far as personal highlight, or you say, what's particularly close to your heart? And I always bring this story up that this was back in 2011. December 2010, actually, I got an email um, from a viewer, a, a fan, that she said, I'm a mother of two boys just like you. At that time, I only had two boys. And she said, I'm dying of cancer. I only have days to live. 
I'm writing you because there's a song on your channel. I told you guys I can sometimes have comedy on there, but sometimes I have serious things that can make people cry too. And there was a song on there that was dedicated to this youth pastor that had passed away. And I just happened to have a song in my heart and I just put it up there. Um, in fact, Leo, Dustin, this is just a piece of trivia. One of our friends told me, cause I was nervous about posting it on there. Uh, I go, it's a comedy channel. Should I really be putting this song about, you know, what, what heaven would be like and what this person going to heaven would, would, would be like and leo said it's your channel right do what you want right and i remember i thought you're right leo i'm gonna do what i want and i put that up there and wouldn't you know years later this lady wrote me who had cancer and she said i she knew she had days to live so she was planning her celebration of life service mm -hmm. this lady named mm -hmm. letty and i'm like you're you're planning your own celebration of life service and she said i love that song where you spoke where you sang about going into heaven and what that would be like can we have permission for a local artist here in hawaii to sing that song for my celebration of life service you your comedy has brought me your whole channel and your comedy has brought me so much relief during the uh, hardest days of my treatment and it would just help lift my spirits when I was going through these hard treatments so that song really means a lot to me and would you give us permission and I'm thinking I'm crying reading this email saying permission and what I'm like I'm I wrote her back we you know we have free military flights to go to mm -hmm. any military base not like I'm like oh, I'm gonna just fly my whole family like I've got the money to no <laughs> no money to do that it was more like hey we got free military flights to go there's a base there I'm gonna go there I want to meet you and I want to sing that song in person I wrote her that email she did not see the email she ended up passing away the husband wrote me again my wife's one of her last wishes is for that song to be sung. I am writing you to ask, can we have permission for a local artist to sing it? And he put his number. He obviously didn't see the email either. I called the number and I'm like, I'm coming. We're coming. You know, we want to attend the celebration of life service. And the reason why I, I tell you this, because so many times in this 15 year journey going on 16 uh, years of the videos, I would sometimes think, come on, there's ebbs and flows in a person's career. And then when you, you know, you see the numbers it come and go and this and that you don't, sometimes you question, what am I doing here again? Am I helping anybody with the, is this helping anybody's life or is this just silly stuff? Right. Mm -hmm. For mm -hmm. this lady to write this gave me an epiphany that, okay, so this has helped somebody and I, we want to help even more, you know, this blessed my heart that she would write this in her last days. So I called her husband up and I said, we're coming. And I sang that at her celebration of life song, that song that she requested. And we are friends with that family. Like they're, they're, they're like a second family. Um, we went over there and the family um, is such a big extended family. And wouldn't you know, like, in those days that we stayed with them or we we hung out with the family, more and more family members were coming in and they would have to talk about these dark moments, her last moments, her last days. And they were so burdened down by just, you know, those events. And then so they at one point looked at me and said, Christine, can you tell us can you tell us some funny memories about your mom? And can you reenact that? You know, like they actually asked. And I'm thinking, oh, let me get out my 
comp my tools out of my comedy tool bag, kind of like <laughs> to help them, you know? So again, I felt very, oh, I'm actually useful then. So this isn't just silly stuff that isn't doing anything for people. I would have those questions during over the years, just like, am I, is this helping anybody or is this a waste of time? Or is it, you know, sometimes you don't know how it's affecting people until you meet them face to face. That's why I want to encourage people. Don't pay attention just to comments and numbers. It's mm-hmm. the quality of the interactions and the, and the impact that you have on people's lives. So we are friends with that family uh, to this day. And I got to go back and perform a show in Hawaii and get on that stage and tell that story again in person to the family and to the community there. So anyway, that's the particularly when you said any memory that's particularly close to my heart. That's the one I always bring up. You trying to make us cry, Christine. You trying to make us cry. <laughs> no. Gosh, you pulled that out. Like, <laughs> I out know. Of nowhere. That's, My that's gosh. a really beautiful story. Beautiful uh, story. That's rewarding. If I get to help people yeah. like, you know, with the comedy helps that way, then like I said, I'm I'm like, okay, Lord, if you provide those moments, I'll try to I'll try to fulfill that, you know. That's that's such a yeah. great lesson. Like you said, yeah. you know, things in your life, your career will ebb and flow. And, you know, on, on social media in particular, things change so much. Yeah. And the value that you get from a like or a number of views mm-hmm. or a number of comments or whatnot, that's not really representative of the value that you put out into the world sometimes. Mm. True. Yeah. You're valuable to me, so Christine. You're valuable oh, to me. Thank you, Dustin. <laughs> yeah, you're valuable to me too. <laughs> thank you, Crystal. But yeah, that was uh, when I said the dates. I was trying to get December 2010 is when that email came, and then a few weeks later was already in January of, of um, 2011. And I, our family of four at the time, with my three month old son, we flew to Hawaii, and I got to sing that. So that's yeah, mm. that's one of the best memories. <laughs> So I want to switch gears a bit um, and talk a little bit more about what you do. Um, I don't want to say day to day because you've got so much on your plate as a mom (laughs) and in a pandemic. But um, as far as what you do, putting out content into the interwebs, Mm -hmm. I know from my own experience and Crystal knows as well that, you know, posting videos on -hmm. the internet is a lot of work. And for you to be... Um, just to wear so many hats as far as like uh, in your personal life and, you know, having to navigate all of these offers and opportunities from having done this work online, it might be overwhelming. So mm-hmm. thinking about all of the lessons that you've learned over time um, about, you know, producing content online and parlaying that into various opportunities, what might you think are some of your the biggest lessons that you've taken from that experiences? Yeah, when you were uh, reflecting and saying again that, you know, the ebbs and flows over a career, um, trying to figure out the social media space, right? Just trying mm-hmm. to figure out what is the right platform for me. And of course, everyone thinks you got to be on everything all the time. And uh, it can be overwhelming. And of course, even back in the day, um, 2006, I thought YouTube was already, I mean, my mom was 
I remember she called me up one time. Why did you say to your audience you will upload uh, one a week? Why did you say that? Because she knows that <laughs> it was hard even then. Like, yeah. I, I said, Mom, I didn't sign a contract. I just happened to say that, you know, well, you know, she was nervous <laughs> uh, for me. But um, uh, back then, I remember when Facebook, you know, people were just really starting to uh, get on, uh, you know, they were forsaking their MySpace and going on to Facebook. I, and I refused. I was like, no, I won't join another. No, 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 no. Like, this is enough to be on my MySpace. And I just thought, <laughs> I'm not going to like complicate my life by being on Facebook, too. Of course, I ended up joining it. And then when Instagram came out, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to join that, right? And, um, tw- okay, so, like, it might have been 2011 or whatever, but I'm trying to give you a timeline where, I joined in 2011, barely posted anything on on Instagram. And then um, just in recent years, I might have been more active on Instagram and Facebook, just feeling like I could connect better on those platforms than YouTube. It just seemed like the Mm -hmm. algorithm on YouTube did not favor you put really putting your content out there if you were not consistent it just seemed like even my own subscribers which I don't blame them because I don't even check my own subscriptions I will let you know that right now I don't check my subscriptions so I don't really expect where are all my subscribers not checking their well I don't you know what I mean so how are they going to know especially I have zero pattern I mean I'll just upload out of the blue on there and so I'm not very consistent but but Instagram and uh, Facebook I, I felt like oh it seems like people are more aware when I post there and then now TikTok there's an there was another thing I was like nah I'm not gonna join that that's for teens that are dancing around and I I ain't no teen I ain't no teenager gonna be dancing around in my room you know and then and then then when I realized wait like uh, a neighbor was telling me you should really get on that you know there's every kind of industries on there every kind of person you know and I'm like really so when I saw I was like, well, I might as well experiment, just try. And then within seven weeks, can I tell you that when I say that it grew to 30,000 from zero to 30,000, that was a pretty impressive thing to me in the sense of saying it took me 10 years to reach 30,000 on Instagram. And they both hit 30,000 at the, both platforms, Instagram and TikTok, 30,000 on the same day yet it only took seven weeks on TikTok. So again, I want to encourage people. It's not so much that you have to say, oh, people don't like what I'm putting out there. It might mm-hmm. just be that the algorithm is not showing your video. So try a different platform. And right now they really are coming out with the short form you know, uh, platforms like TikTok. And, and then Instagram came out with the reels and any type of content you put on Instagram is not going to get the kind of exposure as reels will get. Mm. And so you might sit there and work so hard on a piece of content and think this is this is the best I've ever done. You invest so much, but it's a minute long. Guess what? A minute ain't going on Instagram reels, only 30 seconds. Mm. And then how would you feel if it's a difference between thousands of eyeballs seeing it? Now, like I said, the, the goal is not really how many, you know, um, it's only good if I get a million views. Like I'm not, obviously you can tell from the interview when I say views aren't what motivates me. It's not like I need to have a million, you know, I, I want to have the quality of the people that follow me. I, you know what I mean? I want to know that I'm mm-hmm. engaging well. I'm, I'm, I'm 
connecting well with people. That's what matters to me. But also as a busy mom, I don't want to be pouring my heart and soul into a minute long piece that's going to be on IGTV and like barely, barely anybody going to see it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Versus if I just short figure out a way to shorten it to 30 seconds and boom, like it it's multiplied by five times or something on Instagram reels. So a lot of the times you just got to research and test different platforms like, like I did. And then it real, I realized that, okay, so this is what's working right now to better engage with the current audience and to gain new eyeballs or people that think, what? Yeah. I haven't seen a video from you for a decade. Like people literally thought <laughs> I ra- I was raised from the dead when they saw me pop up on TikTok. <laughs> it's because they never see my new videos on YouTube. They don't see anything. You know what I'm saying? So it's just right, right. Mm-hmm. how it's just the certain tool that you use or whether or not people are going to see it. It doesn't mean your content's bad. If you don't get the eyeballs, you don't get the views. Sometimes it's studying the certain platform and figuring out what does well here. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, so mm-hmm. for TikTok mm-hmm. in the first few seconds, I got to grab their attention. Well, that's what not what I was doing on YouTube back in 2006. I would build up a story. It's mm-hmm. different on different platforms. So you figure out what works and you do a mix of different things. And as a as a busy mom, I don't know exactly what my what any kind of consistent schedule is going to be for me with with videos. But um, I sure am glad that short form video content is on the rise here because even YouTube's going to come out with YouTube shorts. I saw that. Which is their version of TikTok. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So, it, so it's kind of like when Snapchat, oh, that was another one uh, that when I went on there, <laughs> it's, I was kind of late to the game there. But um, Snapchat stories, I felt, well, cool. I don't have to edit anything. I would do different characters on Snapchat. But then all of a sudden they were like, oh, Instagram's going to come out with stories now. And I was like, what? Where do I tell my stories? Snapchat stories or Instagram stories? And then, you know, and then t- there's, you can get overwhelmed with it. And what I what I would just say is I'm learning. Um, it depends what kind of content you're making and what kind of effect you're trying to have. The The video I told you that I made about um, it has features my family and my grandparents. And it's like how I'm dealing with the injustices uh, around, you know, happening um, in the U.S. especially is like. Mm-hmm very important to me. So I was not going to try to make that 30 seconds or try to squeeze that in 30 seconds. Cause that was a very important message to me that I didn't care. It was two minutes long and I'm going to put it on mm-hmm. IGTV and I don't care if 6,000 people versus 300,000 or half a million or, or a million views. That's what, that's what the views have been like all over the place with different things, testing these different platforms. And so with, with a piece like that, I don't care what kind of views I feel convicted to put that out there. And I want my Lola and Lola's example of their 60 years of marriage and their, their sewing into a big extended family and the love that they put out into this family and into the community. I don't want to put that out there. I don't care how many views it gets. That's what I'm going to do. Right. And um, there are other times when you craft, okay, this is a comedy piece. This is designed for max impact i'm gonna make it for 30 seconds and put it on instagram reels to get the you know what i mean so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, de- it depends mm-hmm. what you're making and then how you're going to fashion it for what platform and to use all these tools to your best benefit is what i'm saying that's my long-winded answer to your question of what i've learned what i've learned <laughs> to play the game you know what i'm saying it's definitely a game to be played for sure yeah what i really enjoy about your content 
is that it has consistently been about family over the past like 16 years and it's it's cool now looking at your new stuff how like your kids are now involved so (laughs) (laughs) how i just want to know in a follow-up question here i just want to know like how has their experience been having a mom so involved on in the online community what a funny thing about that is they watch my videos a lot. Like they'll just scroll through the TikTok or, or Instagram reels and then it'll annoy me to know. And I'm like, I don't want to hear my voice. Right. Especially the irritating <laughs> characters that I, I will portray sometimes. <laughs> so sometimes I will. <laughs> most of the time I'll do family videos. Right. But sometimes I'll notice an oddity uh, uh, out there. Like mm-hmm. one of them I do. <laughs> I just kind of show this funny thing where girls will post these really, you know, um, I don't want to say uh, as far as, you know, like they're trying to show off their outfits. And obviously mm-hmm. it's more of a um, it's more of an image thing. Like, look, I want to show off what I'm wearing or I want them. The, but then they but then they put some deep quote with it that has nothing to do with <laughs> the outfit or what they're trying to show. You know what I'm saying? Like, why is right. this glamour shot up there? And then you're and then you're talking about something completely. Unread. So I thought that that was funny. So I wanted to make a video about it. But the kids keep. When they play my irritating characters, I call them my, like my irritating characters, they'll play that. And I'm like, ah! I'm like, don't stop playing that. I don't want to hear it because those those characters irritate me. So when I <laughs> when I when I portray them, I don't think ahead that my kids are actually going to keep playing that over and over. I'm like, ah! so um, but yeah, they, they love to be featured, especially Sayla, the the daughter, she is going, I think, to be a little mini happy slip because Aww. she is a little comedian <laughs> and she's very quirky. I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> she's going to take the baton later. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Jason Tanamore and I'm on the Me Search podcast and I'm the author of Vampires of Portlandia. It's about Filipino folklore Aswang, and you can find it on tanamore.com. I don't know who doesn't know about Happy Slip, <laughs> but um, for the for the folks who don't know, so if people want to learn more about you, where can we find you on the interwebs? So if they just type in Happy Slip, one word, that's really my handle everywhere. So if they can Google Happy Slip, you'll see the website pop up. But other than that, my main platforms that I'm I'm more active on are Instagram, um, TikTok. And then I will try to be doing, you know, what I enjoyed was live, live videos on Facebook. Um, and I will cross post all the videos because I know some aunties, they ain't going to be trying to get TikTok and stuff like that. So I have to stay on <laughs> Facebook, you know. So <laughs> that's another big platform. And um, so sometimes I will pop up and do some live shows. And I feel like times have changed on YouTube that maybe I used to think I can only put skits on here. But uh, or, you know, um, like longer videos is what I, I used to think with their YouTube shorts coming out. I, I will be popping up on YouTube more when that comes out. And then maybe an occasional live video to, to just connect on a more, I don't know, fresh level, you know, so it, feel, it feels not so kind of like, Oh, there's something about that interaction in real time. So I want to be, 
popping up and maybe discussing the different TikToks or whatever things I, I put out and um, interacting with the audience that way. That way, it's not like years between videos on the YouTube channel. But uh, but um, I do hope that uh, when things go back to normal as far as live shows and people feeling safe to go out, I would like to resume some shows here and there to go to different uh, cities and see your favorite cousin on the stage <laughs> telling yeah. your familiar <laughs> stories. Yeah. Oh, and another yeah. thing is so, so cool that uh, don't feel this is a very family friendly show. So kids as young as five, all the way up to the Lola, Lola's and Lolo's were coming Aww. out to the shows, full extended families going out to the improv. Sometimes the, the improv was shocked. They're like, we have not seen a whole extended families come together to the comedy clubs. <laughs> so it's like, so <laughs> yeah, I would love to go back to doing that. Next time you go on tour, Crystal and I will get frenzy tickets. We're yes, definitely yes, yes. going to be there. So final <laughs> question, Christine, mm -hmm. what's put a smile on your face lately? Man, well, just connecting with you guys puts a smile on my face. I tell you, anytime oh, connecting man. with people, Really? And that ain't just like, oh, yeah, you're just saying that because, you know, no, I mean, it. I'm have I not stopped smiling the whole time we've been on here is because, again, at the end of the day, reading comments or, you know, that kind of interaction versus face to face. I just my uh, energy can just be lifted up talking to people and connecting, connecting that way. I find that, um, you know, and that's why I say the live shows will really get me amped up already in my in myself because I guess that's what an extrovert is huh you get your energy from a crowd I'm not right. drained at all by a crowd I'm energized by a crowd so you guys have energized me today oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that thank you guys so from two longtime admirers of your work Christine we are so honored again for you to be here with us and me search today to chat and hang out. Yay! We cannot wait to see you live. And yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah. Yay. Everybody, this was Christine Gambito. Yay! Happy Slip. Awesome. Whoa, Whoa, happy slip. Happy Whoa. slip. Dude, we totally interviewed Happy Slip. Wow. Um, she's a very insightful, intellectual. So nice. Um, and funny lady. Mm -hmm. Like her kids must be so lucky to have her as a mom. <laughs> I know. So Crystal, what are what's what's one of your takeaways from this interview? Well, I loved how she said, and I'm gonna I'm gonna quote her. I'm not uh, quoting the entire like section, but um, mm -hmm. she said, never pay attention to numbers. How can you put value on a number when you see these people face to face and you connect with them heart to heart? I love that. I love, love, mm -hmm. love that. I think this can translate to how we view success. And this is a, a theme that constantly comes up in our conversations about how uh, we define success. And I just love her example of how, for her, success is measured 
qualitatively. And for me, I, I love looking at success in this way as well. Um, you know, these real human moments that won't leave you because at the end of the day, I think people are going to remember you for how you made them feel, how they connected with you. Um, I'm not going to be like, oh man, I, I really miss so-and-so after they've gone because they've made so much money, <laughs> you know? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to think about people like that, like, after they're they're long gone. And that's not the legacy that I think about when I think about people who've really made an impact. And she's definitely making an impact. I, I think she's leaving a legacy, and the work that she's doing is evergreen. And I think her legacy will be evergreen, you know? Mm-hmm. Again, I, I think we look at success through a capitalist lens because that's how we're taught. How much are you working? How much are you making? You know? Mm-hmm. And all of that has become a reflection of success. But personally, again, coming from an anti-capitalist standpoint, I think I'm here for the qualitative impact that your work does. And I love that her interview revolves so much around the impact that she has with her work. So mm. any any thoughts about that? I definitely can see the value in both quantitative and qualitative data, mm-hmm. but definitely quality over quantity is the the important thing, right. um, especially when you talk about like, what is your legacy going to be on this earth when you are like long gone? Because it's the quality of the interactions that you have with people that really get remembered like no one's going to remember specifically how many likes or how many views you got on a particular video it's what that video or that that piece of content that you created mm-hmm. makes the other person feel so it's it's good to hear that perspective from someone who is quote unquote successful on social media mm-hmm. having such a large following just because your views or your like count or your heart count is not as high. That doesn't mean that the value that you put out into the world is lesser in any way. Yeah. Very encouraging. Yeah. I know that I kind of went to like the capitalist standpoint of that all, Mm -hmm. but I just also want to have that translate over to like how much folks are making, you know, like I think that can translate over because again, it's like a numbers game. Right. Yeah. And so for anyone who's listening, like you're cool. (laughs) If (laughs) If you need that, like put that roof over your head, get yourself and your family fed, do what you gotta do, of course. But I think again, at the end of the day, it's, it's impact impact. And also, like, be happy with what you have, like, gratitude. Yeah. Because I think um, if we're going to be talking about the whole salary, money, and finances thing, what motivates some people to make more money is, like, a grander lifestyle to fulfill a void. I feel like some folks who who chase after money are doing so because they're thinking that it can bring them happiness in some way. But um, that's not always the case, like... Happiness isn't from material things, right. and it's not necessarily from money. Like, definitely, it can bring you security. But uh, if you can practice gratitude, then you know the money thing is not so important. 
Yeah. This is another topic I would love to talk more about. Mm -hmm. The impact of money and how much you have, right? Because also it's like, Mm -hmm. I understand that this is is a total tangent here now. Um, Mm -hmm. But I understand how money can help with happiness, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when it's like for just status things. To have it. Just to have it. (laughs) um, (laughs) Value is subjective for a lot of things. Like the value that you place on on objects yeah. or experiences, it, it's yeah. different from person to person, that's for sure. But yeah, let's talk about that some other time. Yeah. So taking it back to Miss um, Gambito, Christina Gambito, what are your thoughts about her experiences in New York as an actor? Because I know for <laughs> you, you're an actor, you know how it is. Like I want to know from you, like what stood out for you? in those conversations. Right. You know, I thought it was really interesting how she brought up this full circle moment, right? She talked about how, Mm -hmm. you know, she started in New York as an aspiring actor. She was doing the thing, right? She was doing the hustle, the actor hustle. Mm -hmm. And I think as actors, we have this very specific idea and dream of what, again, success looks like and what it means to make it as an actor. And so... Mm-hmm. I love how she brought up that years later, she came back doing stand-up. And years and years later, looking at the body of her work, she's been working as an actor. She has been doing the acting thing through the content that she created on her own terms. Mm-hmm. Just because she wasn't, she didn't have you know, the trajectory that we're used to seeing as an actor, she had her own trajectory which is very cool. She's still acting. She found stand-up, you know. Mm -hmm. She's really, like, playing to her, like, all of her strengths, right, because she can act and she can also do stand-up. And, you know, she ended up coming back to New York, you know, Mm -hmm. doing her own show, which is amazing. So I think this is an example of trusting the process and trusting what is ahead of you. You may not see what is ahead and you may not see the light at the end of the tunnel, especially for someone who's in the arts, someone who's an actor. It is really hard, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. But trust the process. Keep going. Trust in yourself. Keep investing in yourself. And just know that your time will come. As long as you keep working and keep practicing and keep doing your thing and being true to yourself, things will manifest. And I know that's Mm -hmm. like very like an untangible kind of it doesn't have tangible action right Mm -hmm. but i think you have to just trust the process and that's all i have to say about that just trust yeah i think i I totally agree because i think in, in in recent years or recent months like i've really seen how manifestation like is really working yeah. like it's a, i believe it to be a thing and i think part of it is the way that you view the challenges that are faced in front of you not to view challenges so much as a failure but more so as like okay this is a thing that didn't work out but life will take me where it will take me and good things will happen so long as your vision is in the right place yeah Follow your heart. Follow your vision. It'll manifest in the way it's supposed to. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And or you might be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 Do it. I I think um, with Christine, she probably, 
like before YouTube was a thing, I don't know that anyone realized what what YouTube could be. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that it was possible for anybody to really envision what it looks like today. Yes. She wanted a space to, you know, practice her craft, to do fun things, to tell stories about her family. And it became so much bigger than probably what any of us could have imagined in 2006. Yeah. You know, it makes me think about how important it is, again, going back to, like, some of our previous episodes. Mm -hmm. Like, make your own content. You know, do your own thing. If you're not getting the opportunities that you want, like, do just F it all. Like, F everyone. You don't need things to be handed to you. You can hand it to yourself, okay? Yes, I believe that shit. (laughs) Yes. This thought came across when I was trying to write something the other day. Like, everything that you need is truly inside you. And you may doubt it all you want, but just if you just sit with yourself and just think about your your entire life and like everything <laughs> this is getting really freaking really that cheesy. is a task for sure <laughs> i know but just like sit with yourself like quiet your mind and just look back at like everything you've done right as adults like we've done so many things like i don't care who you are you've probably done a shit ton of things right yeah we're all badass we're all badass we all have the tools to do what we want to do we really do. I believe that. Yeah. Believe in yourself. You have it in you. So I forgot what the point was, but I think that's a fine point. <laughs> yes, that in itself is a fine point. <laughs> do you have any other fine points or final thoughts? Um, I think I'm still living in the world of like what hashtags were in like 2012. <laughs> so like I have a very surface level understanding of what it takes to you know have content be widely visible to everyone Mm -hmm. you know you know if you do want to have um your content seen by a wide audience if like that is your thing like if you have something you're so passionate about that you absolutely have to share with everyone and again this is about quality and not numbers but like you need everyone to see what you have to say Right. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds contradicting, but anyway, if this is something that you're into, like, go ahead and like, like Christine said, study your platforms, use these tools to your best benefit. If you have specific content and a specific niche of content that you want to share, figure out what platform is best for you. That's all I know <laughs> about that. <laughs> but and and of course that's like that's something that maybe I should look into, but like I'm not I'm also not trying to like post things on TikTok and whatnot right now. But maybe later. Ooh, maybe later. Maybe later. Um I think Oh god, I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> um Social media, or at least the platforms we use for social media, have changed so much over time, and it will continue to change. Yeah. As long as you find it fun and you're finding the joy in social media, then definitely continue to use it and play around. But also, it's not everything. It's not everything, y'all. It's not. Don't put all your eggs in social media. Live your life and meet people. (laughs) Yeah, also, like... There's tons of, well, not tons because we're still in a 
pandemic. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But you know, when we're not in a pandemic, like I encourage you all because as an actor, I love live theater. There's so much happening in the theater world, y'all. So go see some theater. There is stuff that is not on screen, on any kind of screen, TV, telephone. I called our iPhones and our devices telephones Telephone. because <laughs> no one uses telephones. Okay. Um, wow, I am not with it. <laughs> it's fine. We still appreciate you and your energy and your vibe, um, and you are allowed in this space at any time. Yeah, telephone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When things are not so crazy. Um, check out some live stuff. Go check out Christine in, in her stand-up, you know? Like, how exciting. Yes. There's nothing greater than freaking live theater, let me tell you. And live performance. Love. Anyway, any final thoughts, Boo? Any other thoughts before we head out? <sighs> I am ready to live life not in a pandemic yeah so you all listening to this podcast please stay safe make smart decisions we're almost through it <laughs> and maybe we can do something live and in person for this podcast <gasps> who knows yeah. season two we're gonna have some fun stuff coming up Ooh, Dustin said it y'all season two coming up I'm hyping it up I'm hyping it up I don't know yet what it's gonna look like because anything can happen but I'm manifesting this (laughs) (laughs) just to bring it all back we are coming full circle y'all anyway yes thank you so much for listening to this episode it was fun thank you Make sure to subscribe to MeSearch wherever you listen to podcasts. Find new episodes on the first and third Wednesday every month. Check us out at MeSearchPodcast.com. And find us on social media at MeSearchPodcast. MeSearch is produced and hosted by Dustin Domingo and Crystal Tugatti. Editing by Dustin Domingo. Special thanks to our guest, Christine Gambito. Make sure to follow her at HappySlip and visit HappySlip.com. Shoutouts to all our friends and family giving this podcast a shot. We'll catch you all at the next episode. We're going to get to the bottom of things. This is me, Surge, folks. Ooh. Yeah.